Welcome back to the YouthWorks Effective Ministry Podcast, the podcast that helps you have an effective youth and children's ministry in your local church. My name is Tim Bealhartz. I'm the Children's Ministry Advisor at YouthWorks, and I'm here with Al James, Youth Ministry Advisor at YouthWorks. How are you going, Al? Going well, thanks, Tim. Excellent. We are about to listen to an interview that I had with Isaac Schumach, who you pass on to me because he is doing coaching with you, and he's been doing some exciting things in the realm of youth ministry, and particularly parent partnership in youth ministry. We'll save all of that content for the actual interview, but I thought it'd be great to hear from you as a coach, as someone who engages, not just advising, which we do with a lot of people, but really focused, intentional coaching with particular people during the year. Tell us a little bit about what is coaching? What does YouthWorks do in coaching? Yeah, coaching, I mean, in some ways it's similar to advising and yet there's this intentional and focused, as you said, and the time intensive, intensive aspect to it um, where we, uh, you know, we do, do an analysis um, using the effective ministry tool, a bit of an audit of the youth or children's ministry, and then identify particular areas of growth for the ministry. And then off the back of that, in conversation with the senior pastor and with the youth or children's minister themselves, um, identify a couple of areas to grow in and to really dig into, and then also think about um, a few initiatives that that particular leader might be able to um, develop and then roll out in their ministry. And what have you seen as the benefit of the coaching that you've done, not just with Isaac, but with others as well? Well, I, th- I think that is the, the main thing is just that time intensive thing. You have the opportunity to really slow down and focus in on a particular area, read about it, think about it, brainstorm it, develop plans and so on. And so, you know, whereas in a normal kind of, uh, you know, in my day-to-day advising we're kind of hitting one or two things per meeting. This is an opportunity for us to kind of spend a number of meetings, a number of hours over the course of a year on one or two aspects of ministry to see the way in which that helps uh, youth or children's ministers to really develop in that aspect and therefore overall as well has been really, really rewarding. So as a shameless plug for YouthWorks coaching in general, who should think about coaching? Is it just for newbies on the block or experts who should be thinking about this well i reckon that coaching is actually for anyone so whether any any vocational youth or children's minister and the reason for that is because the way in which we structure it really is that no matter where you're at where we're looking at areas of strength or weakness um, or looking at areas for growth in ministry and so so long as you're able to identify with the help of you know advisor and your senior minister an area for growth either personally in your ministry or in the ministry itself, then coaching is for you. And coaching really is for anyone, whether they're just starting out in their ministry journey, whether they're seasoned and experienced in ministry, because what we're doing is identifying an area to grow in. And so um, that's just as appropriate to do for an experienced uh, youth or children's minister who's seeking to uh, refresh their ministry or refresh their thinking about ministry um, as it is for someone who's just starting out. So it really is for anyone, whether you are new to your vocational role, whether you're a seasoned professional, you've been doing this for a long time. We would love to be engaged with you and you can find out more about coaching by going to youthworks.net, looking under the ministry support tab and clicking on training and you'll be able to see the uh, coaching and consultancy tab there. Or you can just reach out directly to me through the podcast, Effective Ministry Podcast at youthworks.net. Thanks for that plug, Al. And we're going to see the fruit of some of the coaching that you've done with Isaac as we listen to the rest of this episode. So that's enough introduction from us. Let's jump into the episode. 
I'm here with Isaac. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast, Isaac. It's great to be with you. How are you travelling today? Yeah, doing really, really well. Thanks for having me today. Excellent. Yeah. No worries. Well, you come highly recommended. Our James has tapped you on the shoulder <laughs> or tapped me on the shoulder and said, we should need to talk to Throwing you. Throwing me under the bus, yeah. Throwing <laughs> you under the bus, yep. Yeah. Uh, and said, so we need to talk to you about youth ministry and particularly youth ministry with the family in mind. So we'll get there soon. First, though, give us a bit of an intro to yourself and the church that you serve at. Totally. Uh, so I have grown up in a small town up in the north of New South Wales, and now I serve in a church in Western Sydney at Toongabbie Anglican. A lot of my story at Toongabbie is just learning a new culture, a new part of Australia, and I've really been loving it. I've done lots of international student ministry in the past, so that's sort of how I chose to go to Western Sydney. But yeah, seeing it in this context is actually a lot to take on, and particularly youth ministry figuring out how do we do our ministry to youth and their families from different cultures has been really great to, to get my head around and to learn. Uh, I've been there for about three years now, and there's been quite a bit of changes in the church I'm at. Uh, but we're at that point now where we have a, a new senior minister in the past year and a full team, and it's really exciting. We're seeing really great things happen by God's grace, and yeah, really been loving the youth ministry lately. We uh, have a Friday night ministry a Sunday morning a ministry for junior youth. And at different points in the last few years, we've had a senior youth uh, growth group basically during the midweek. Uh, yeah, so we get probably about 40, sometimes big weeks, about 50 kids on a Friday night. And we've got about a, a team of about eight or nine leaders on the Friday and another eight or so for the Sunday morning. So yeah, it's sort of what it looks like. Uh, week to week. We'll get to youth ministry in a, in a second, but in terms of demographics, because mm. this is an important part of the story, yep. what's the um, the cultural demographic of the area you're in and the church that you're a part of? Yeah, totally. Uh, so in Toongabbie, about a third of the people living there are from a, a different culture, so from uh, South Asia. Uh, so, you know, think of Sri Lanka, India, uh, and the area that I'm in actually has the highest proportion of Tamil speakers in Australia. So... Uh, a lot of the ministry there is trying to understand people and the, and the culture from these uh, countries. Uh, and I've really loved that. It's been such a joy. And uh, I've put my foot in it many times. I've mispronounced words that they've taught me a million times. And it's been uh, really great sort of getting my head around those cultures. Uh, but also the area that I'm in, it's not exactly connected to a university ministry or anything like that. It's a pretty suburban area of Sydney. So the morning services are pretty suburban. But the night services, yeah, are a fair few uh, young workers. So it's a real mixture of people from all different demographics and backgrounds and a bit of a melting pot. Mm, yeah. Excellent. Now, um, when you started at the church a uh, number of years ago, you uh, jumped in, did the typical youth minister thing. You got yeah. involved in the programs, looking after leaders, making sure you've got enough staffing to cover everything yep. um, and really loving and discipling the kids. Uh, which is excellent. That's what mm. we want youth ministry to look like. But as you did that, you were thinking about there were some deficits there. Yep. What were some of those deficits that you noticed? Yeah, totally. So, yeah, you're totally right. I jumped into the ministry. It was very much survival mode. <laughs> um, you know, it was mid-lockdown, a couple of lockdowns. Uh, our team was really uh, short. We kind of lost a couple of our ministers along the way. So, I, it was just interesting to me that my knee-jerk reaction was to focus on the youth leaders and the youth, and I just didn't put a great deal of effort in with the parents, with the families. I kind of understand that in a way when you just get thrown into a ministry, you, you know, you got to figure out what the Friday night looks like and do you have enough leaders, so I kind of get that. 
And I think that that would describe many youth ministers' gut reaction. I mean, you absolutely most people go into youth ministry and particularly vocational youth ministry because they love teenagers. Yes, and they want to see teenagers one for the gospel. So yeah. to focus on the teenagers and the the leaders who are supporting you and helping you do your yeah. ministry, very natural. Absolutely. So, um, but what I did notice, so there was about a year, year and a half of that, you know, fairly minimal comms going out to parents and great encouragements along the way and getting to know them slowly, but. I wasn't proactively um, yeah, doing much there uh, for them. And I noticed a few things. Uh, when I first uh, rocked up to this youth ministry, a number of our youth leaders, I just found them um, really close to burnout or burning out. A lot of them had subconsciously uh, over-functioned for their youth. And they're, they're pretty mature leaders. Like They were pretty aware that that was kind of happening. But they really loved the ministry so much and wanted to just pour themselves out for their youth but I think that along the way, they'd kind of forgotten the primary role of the parents and what was happening at home actually has a greater influence long-term than what was happening on the Friday. And the Friday is awesome and you can have a huge impact on these youth. But I think our leaders were sort of thinking they were everything to the youth. And I just saw them really tired, really just pouring themselves out, wanting to do everything. And I kind of wanted to help them think a bit more wisely about the ministry so there was that. And then also I realized that as the youth minister, given this great responsibility in this ministry, I wasn't really sure what was happening in the homes during the week. I, I couldn't have told you what parents were actually reading the Bible with their youth. Uh, was that a, a habit? Were they even talking about what they were learning about? Uh, I, I grew up in a family where I went to church and to youth for most of my life, but I can only count on my hands probably how many times we actually talked about what we're learning about on the Friday or the Sunday morning. So I just realized that there's probably a lot of families that maybe weren't doing much discipleship during the week. And that kind of concerned me that I wasn't really aware and I wasn't exactly convinced that all of them were doing it. In a trajectory through history, and there's been uh, over the last 40 years, particularly 40, 50 years, a, a specialization of youth ministry. And also part of that has been the, the recognition that you you specialize in different areas and that you can sort of outsource to particular things. So if I want my child to be really good at swimming, I'll get them to a swimming coach. If I want them to surpass in maths, I'll yeah. send them to Kumon and get them to do some math things. And if I want my teenager to be discipled in Jesus, I'm going to send him to you because yeah. you're the expert, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> Why worry about the family? Aren't you being paid to disciple teenagers at Toon Gabby? Yeah. Uh, in a way, that's part of the role for sure. Uh, but I, I have the same concern that, a lot of our ministries can be a bit like a drive-by or drive-through kind of ministry. Drop them off and just hope that uh, we can do our magic and, and uh, come back totally transformed. But it's just not the case, right? You just look at how much of the week they're spending in our youth ministries versus home. Mm. So it's, it, I think most youth ministers will probably feel that sense that they really want to be prayerful and active with what's happening in the homes. And yes, you know, you might have no leaders and the Friday night be, might be kind of falling apart. So you've got to focus on that at times. But I just felt such an opportunity that I was missing with the families. I wanted to hear what they were reading with their kids. I wanted to kind of be encouraged by that and see them as a resource. Mm -hmm. I think I noticed that both for our leaders and for the parents, there was heaps of nerves about the leaders and the parents talking to each other and seeing each other as a resource almost an in intimidation I think and I realized that as the youth pastor even though I don't have any youth myself I don't have any kids myself but I was in this great position that I could be a bit of a catalyst for that relationship that communication between the leaders and the parents 
and just help them to actually see each other not as a threat, but as a great resource from God that we can actually mutually encourage one another. Mm, and as you mentioned, you use the phrase primary disciples, that there's yeah. something about the household yeah. that is actually God's good gift to children and teenagers, that yeah. it would be one of the most formative environments of their faith. Absolutely. And you see that in Scripture, right? Like Deuteronomy 6, I had the joy of speaking on that passage recently. And you see that, you know, Moses, he speaks to the parents of that age and says, impress these on your children, mm. you know, write it on the doorposts, you know, put it in your homes. And he gives them a great kick up the butt to, to be those primary disciples for their children. And that continues on into, you know, the New Testament. And yet we have this great elevation of the church family. Uh, while the parents and what's happening at home still remain the primary place of discipleship, it's such a great thing to see that the church actually is called a family mm. and that we have spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers who are, you know, maybe you're, like your youth leaders who are investing in their youth and really caring about them and their discipleship, but in healthy partnership with the parents. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a both end that you need yeah, both. Absolutely. And, uh, there's a phrase that I've picked up from uh, Reggie Joyner, who wrote a mm. book, uh, Think Orange, and also another one, Parenting Beyond Your Capacity. Yeah. And in there, he talks to parents and says, parents, you are the most important spiritual influence on your children, and you are not the only spiritual influence that your children need. And those kind of, they've stuck in my head. as yep, yeah. that, It's that both end, helping those together. So you wanted to jump in with this parent partnership. What did you do? Yeah, a lot of scratching my head. And um, I was really uh, blessed to be able to meet with Al James from YouthWorks and recognize this is a big area that I wanted to grow and basically carving out a bunch of hours in a cafe, sitting down, thinking about what the strategy could be, uh, thinking about you know what might be involved to actually create a culture where the parents are recognizing their role as the primary disciples, but not just separated from the youth ministry, but in healthy partnership with us. So a lot of it involved kind of speaking broadly to the church as a whole. So I had the great a privilege, I think, as a youth minister to have, you know, sermons directly on kids and youth ministry where I could open up this idea of parents as the primary disciples. Uh, so that was a really great thing. We also, both myself and the kids minister, we got up on a Sunday morning and just started sharing uh, a few stories and, and equipping the parents slowly in how they might be able to continue to disciple their youth, particularly on um, some of the needs like, you know, we, we spoke to the issue of progressive ideology and how that really has changed the world that our youth are in compared to how a lot of us have grown up and just started to show that there's this great need for parents to be equipped and to be you know a bit more thoughtful in how they're trying to disciple their youth so yeah we spoke a lot on Sundays that's where we started uh, and then I also gathered the youth parents uh, a few different times so one time was just on a Friday night. I think it was the second last week of last year. And I was tired. I was ready, you know, for holidays. And I was not sure I should do it then. Maybe just wait till the next year. But I'm so glad I did that. Because just that one hour, you know, we did it basically the last hour of youth group for one week. We said, hey, come, come an hour early to pick up your youth. We'll have some dessert. We'll hang out. A lot of it's relational, just me getting to know them. Um and vice versa. But also I'll ask you two questions. What do you think good might look like for discipling youth in the home and in church? So just putting it to the parents who have all these years of experience. What do you think good would look like? Mm. Um, and then how could we help encourage you and resource you? So actually focusing on the parents themselves. And that one hour meeting has just transformed. That, that 
sparked so many other meetings with parents, so many other times that I had them over in my home or I went to their place. And so we had all of these times together to talk about the ministry. And I started to formalize that and really think, how can I basically meet with all the parents and all the families involved with our youth ministry? So I just did a lot more of that and prioritize that in my week. Um, and a lot of those meetings, it wasn't just random who I picked to meet with, but sometimes there was a decision that we had to make about, you know, would their kids serve in this team coming up in two months' time? We need to decide on that this week. So a lot of it kind of was really uh, came up contextually in, in the time that we were in in the youth ministry. Uh, but yeah, we had heaps of uh, meetings uh, with the parents and I actually brought along youth leaders, depending on their capacity. Mm. But that was awesome to actually get them to slowly start to see the parents as less of a, of a threat and, and the nerves sort of dissipated and man the encouragement that came out of those nights like where we were able to see the impact that our youth ministry was having on the youth and the parents were able to say what they're finding really hard about discipling their youth Uh, so those nights have just stayed in my mind and we did a lot of that for a lot of months Uh, and then a few other things that we've tried as well is just after all of these conversations with parents a lot of them let us know that they just want to hear more about what we're teaching and what conversations we're having with the youth. Uh, how can they continue that chat through the week? So I was kind of sending them, look, the topic for the week, that sort of thing. But I've gotten into a habit now of actually sending the whole booklet. You know, if the parent wants to look through and see exactly what we're learning about this parable. Well, for example, we're doing a, a series at the moment on parables on our Sunday mornings. And I'm encouraging our youth to actually memorize these parables each week. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah, it's great fun. Uh, it's been the best series, I tell you. Uh, but it's actually thinking, okay, I should let the parents know that we're doing this mm. and actually get the parents to say, hey, what's the parable of the sower about? Tell me. And actually continue that conversation and give them just a couple of helpful questions or thoughts that they can have uh, with their youth. So a lot of it's just impacted how we do communication with parents. That's also looked like uh, we're developing part of our website, um, just creating a web page, you know, it doesn't just say when our youth group is, which is currently kind of all that's on there, maybe a video um, of camp last year, but actually having some resources on that site and thinking what are the books that I'd love them to read and what are the devotionals they could read with their kids. And particularly, I've been thinking about recognizing the cultural uh, moment that we're in Mm. in Toongabbie and how can I resource families who are from, you know, Sri Lankan background or Indian background I've just realized more and more that there's slight differences there and I've got to be flexible and and think what kind of resource might they appreciate? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I want to um, I want to come back to this question about the third culture kids and the particular challenges yeah. and exciting opportunities that exist there. But just to summarize, I think yeah. some of the really structural things are very very practically taking a family ministry approach to youth ministry. It's it's changed your calendar, so you've had to think Absolutely. about how do you use your time. Part of your time is in families' homes, having them to your home. So that, and that's a key part of your youth ministry hours is investing in the household. So there's a real practical takeaway that people can be thinking about. You think about um, parent comms, really key. So think about how often you communicate, when you communicate, how much you communicate, and engaging the households in those as well. But let's dig into that question about the particular demographic you have. You're in Western mm. Sydney. There's about a third of your community is from South Asia. Uh, it's represented in your youth ministry. You also mentioned to me um, before we started recording, also in your leadership team. So you've got a couple of generations through your church who are there. 
what are some of the particular challenges you're noticing uh, as you try to minister to third culture families and mm. the things that they are struggling with as they seek to disciple their kids? Absolutely. Oh, it's, it's such a massive topic, isn't it? I've realized that for third culture kids, they're in a real um, struggle for their identity. All youth are. But I think recognizing they're growing up in Australia and they have all their mates at school, but their parents have grown up, you know, in Sri Lanka, in India, and just all the questions and the, at times, confusion that that might bring. A lot of our youth leaders have actually trained me in understanding this because mm. they're from, you know, an Indonesian background or a Sri Lankan background themselves. And actually recognizing that we can be a great bridge for these youth and we are, we are so loved by those parents. And that's been a really surprising thing I've realized in this parent partnership that I kind of thought that we'd have these dessert nights and maybe there'd be all this criticism and maybe they wouldn't be loving what we're teaching them. But particularly from parents who have grown up elsewhere in another country, they talked about how they often struggle to disciple their youth because while their youth are cross-culturally in a way that they're just younger than them, they're also in this different culture. And they're often struggling to figure out how do they help them to love Jesus and figure out their identity and what aspects of Sri Lankan culture might they adopt, what aspects of Australian culture might they adopt. So it's, it's a really difficult space that they're in. And they've just talked about how they love that our youth team can be a real bridge because a lot of our youth leaders, yeah, have grown up having to figure out their identity and what it means to follow Jesus um, as somebody who has this experience. So they can really model that in a different way um, and can really help those youth there. For example, you know, in Ephesians, it talks about how children are to honor their parents. Uh, what does that look like for, you know, for example, myself growing up, as a pretty uh, white kid up in a country town, honoring my parents. Well, I left home at 18 years old and kind of was pretty independent very quickly. Um, and I'm realizing that that idea of honoring your parents for somebody from a collectivist culture from South Asia has really different applications. And just a, it's a, a cultural difference. And our leaders are able to see that and to speak into that really helpfully. Uh, and we're able to actually help the parents figure out what that might, how that might be applied in their life. It's been difficult because I'm in the process of learning these cultural nuances myself. But I think at the end of the day, if I'm just meeting with these families, spending time in their homes, seeing how they interact with their teenagers, it teaches you a lot. Just seeing it before your eyes and figure out how can we help them to disciple and equip them. So for example, um, there's a guy in Western Sydney who's really thinking into uh, Hindu evangelism in Western Sydney and how do we do that really well? And I'm chatting to him about what kind of resources might be helpful for people who have grown up in South Asia where Hinduism is quite a, an influential uh, piece of the puzzle over there. What kind of resources might be helpful for those parents? And these are, these are things I, I can't answer myself. I don't know enough in these uh, areas, but just thinking about who can we find that might be able to create a resource for us that could really help the parents uh, in this background. Yeah, it's great that we, you know, we're part of the, the body of Christ and we've got plenty of aspects. It's wonderful to hear you seeking to continue your own learning in these things, but also yeah. just drawing on resources with the people around you and even to have the, the young leaders in your group to be teaching you and be speaking up to you so you can be growing and understanding their culture and learning from the teenagers themselves. What are the questions they have, the challenges they have that may be different to some of the more Anglo teenagers that are in the same group and they are all learning yeah. from each other. But I think Absolutely. that's really exciting. 
So let's finish by thinking about what the results have been. What have you actually noticed from implementing these new ideas, engaging more with households as you've been trying to partner with parents in your youth ministry? What have you noticed? Yeah, a whole lot more love, to be honest, and and grace. (laughs) Um, When you're kind of going solo as a youth pastor uh, with your team, it can feel just just subconsciously you can get into this point where you're uh, maybe seeing parents as a bit of a threat or a bit nervous about their presence they might say, um, for example, I had a parent that said, look, I think my year six boy, he's not quite ready for this series that you're about to do. Um, you know, we were doing a Take Love series on, you know, domestic violence and all kinds of big topics. Now, you hear that email from a parent that they're not really sure their kids are ready for that. And I think earlier on, I probably would have seen that as a bit of a threat and gone, oh, they don't think that I'm maybe designing this youth ministry the right way. But over time, just when I've spent time with them in my home and there's just all this relational capital that you've you've managed to create, mm-hmm. you can actually see, oh, they just really wanted to love their kid. And they just they they know that for their kid it's it's just a bit too much at the moment. Um so you, it it's changed how I've interacted with these parents and seen them as a great resource and been really slow to disagree. <laughs> recognize their kind of great experience and years of of teaching their children so it's really helped in that way just to play that example out yeah what did you do with that family yeah so i chatted to them a little bit and they even expressed that or oh, maybe even the youth camp this year might be a bit too much and in that conversation i learned a lot more about their child and that there's actually uh, medical reasons um it wasn't just an arbitrary critique that was mm-hmm. being thrown our way there were medical reasons for this youth why they might um want to take a bit of a slower approach and they gave me really great um, advice about how to uh, manage uh, this youth and how to kind of pitch it to their level and yeah it, at the end of the day it meant that they weren't there for a couple of weeks and that's about it yeah um, and over time they it just helped me to really be a bit more thoughtful about how we were pitching it and to really um, consider that it, it's helped me to go okay I might want to do the really difficult topics and really kind of address them for a, particularly our senior youth but it's helped me to be a bit more thoughtful and humble and go, ah, oh, okay, we probably, if we're going to talk about alcohol, maybe um, we have, you know, a study for the junior leaders, uh, the junior youth, sorry, and a study for the senior youth that just address that topic a little bit differently. Because for a year six boy who's never thought about it, it can be a bit overwhelming mm-hmm. to talk about alcohol. And so that's actually a practical thing that changed. It helped me to go, okay, I need to adapt my ministry a bit more because this parent has showed me that, it's not exactly right for their kid in year six. So it's just helped me to, to understand uh, and to, yeah, take take that email as something that could be really helpful wisdom and experience. Yes, yeah, so you've seen an opportunity there that, this op- as you say, the email is not a threat to your ministry. It's not challenging no. your ministry. It is an opportunity for you to grow in your own understanding and discipleship of that particular family, yep. which is yep. exciting. Oh, there's been so many, so much other fruit in just a year or so of doing this. Um, and we're, we're early days, right? Like uh, a lot of these ideas, they're just, you know, been rolled out in the last few weeks or months. Um, and one, of the, one of the really great things I've also been able to see is our process in having youth serve in all kinds of ways in church, in formal uh, roles. Uh, in the past, it used to be a bit more haphazard and largely a conversation with the youth themselves and just recruiting them into something. But actually bringing the parents into that I've really been surprised by the the flow on effect from that. You know, I've had really great conversations with parents saying, yeah, I think your kid could totally, um, you know, run a Bible study for children on a Sunday morning or at our kids club in the middle of the year. But I've also had really difficult conversations with parents where I've had to 
talk to them and say, from what we're observing, I don't know if they're quite ready for that. Um, maybe a different kind of ministry for now might be best. Um, you know, from what we're observing, I don't know if they've got a faith in Jesus quite yet. So it's been really difficult conversations with parents. I'm thinking of one family particularly that's had an incredible impact. Um, those parents have taken a bit more time to reflect and think about where their youth is actually at. And I won't get into the details of it, but so much good has come out of that and starting to see even just a willingness to accept that your, your teenager might not be quite there yet and Mm. helping the kind of training the parents that it's okay if your teenagers kind of still thinking God is a bit of a joke at the moment. Over time, we hope they don't think that. Um, but it's really been helpful to, uh, to, to kind of show the parents that they might want to be a bit more thoughtful about where their youth are at and not just accept that they'll be, you know, able to serve in any role in church. So it's had some really great flow-on effects of parents taking on their responsibility a bit more, mm. bringing their youth to the Investigating Christianity courses that we're running, like things that I don't think they would have done at all if I hadn't had those those times, uh, those hard conversations. Yeah. Which is a great expression of that partnership that you and the parents together are both invested in discipling this young person. And so, and when you, when, when the youth leader and the parent respect each other, are looking out for each other, see each other as partners and not as threats, you can actually do the best thing for this child. And there's a great ownership there. You um, mentioned to me before we started recording as well that there's been a lot of initiation on feedback. Uh, as well from parents like they're telling you things that you're not even necessarily asking for but it's great so tell us more about that oh that's been awesome like some of the most encouraging moments right you're just sitting you know working on your sermon for the week and an email pops up from a parent saying hey uh, my kid and this other kid you know you know that they've had all these issues for many months but they talked about it today they realized they were being a bit foolish they hugged it out and they're ready to go for Friday night. And there's just been such great fruit that God has, has been pleased to have in their life. And you just receive this email, you go, oh, how good is that? Uh, it doesn't just uh, stop on the Friday night. Um, but actually just hearing that encouragement from parents has been huge. And even hearing them talk about our youth ministry and oh, I could I could share many different stories, like text messages that come through. Whereas before I wasn't hearing any of that. It was just kind of radio silence for the week and then you'd see these youth again. I think that's really exciting. And it's a bit of a challenge for me as well as with two teenage kids. Those are the kinds of stories that I hear every day. Yeah, not that traumatic, but it's the regular rhythm of life. And actually, it doesn't really cross my mind to message yeah. Yeah. You know, our leaders to go, oh, just so you know, this happened to my kid at school today. Yeah. Be encouraged or like this is how he's impacting his faith. And so I think that's a really encouraging that you've built that relationship where the parents yeah. genuinely see you as a partner. And then, of course, they're going to share significant events yeah. with you. Of course, they're going to share discipleship moments with yeah. you because you're in this together. And I think my encouragement on that is that you want to create that space of great uh, grace and love and acceptance there. I think particularly for me as somebody who doesn't have children, I've got to be very thoughtful to approach those meetings humbly, like recognizing I, I, in a way, am a specialist in this area, but I don't have the experience that they have. And I've actually seen that as a great plus to the ministry. Uh, So maybe if you're somebody who doesn't uh, have children yourself and you're doing youth ministry, if you approach the topic humbly and recognize that you don't have all the answers, people really respect that. And it almost opens up. You can kind of rock up to these dessert nights and say, oh, how's it go trying to read your Bible with your teenagers? That must be really hard. And approaching it that way just opens up that conversation, shows that you don't have all the answers. I've just loved having those conversations with parents. Some other fruit that I've seen is that I'm just hearing about how they're reading the Bible with their kids more. For a year there, I had no idea what they were doing during the week. But just sharing a few resources that they could use and 
even some encouraging stories. A lot of it's just sharing stories about how other families are doing it. So there's one family I think of that, you know, every morning for school drop-off, they listen to Bible narration with her and her teenage daughter. And it's just their routine that they do every morning. You know, school drop-off is a crazy time, hectic time. You kind of trying to pull your kids out of bed and get them to school for the day. But what a way to start the day in some calm and, and show that you both care about God's word. Yep. And I've just shared that story with a few parents and I'm starting to hear other parents doing the same thing. So I haven't had to come up with a strategy there. I've just shared a story about another family and how they're doing it. There's just fruit all over the place. You've narrated your process really well and, and the story of this in your church. just want to finish. I'm a youth minister. I've been listening to you talk. I'm thinking this is exciting. I'm, I'm excited by the fruit. What's my first step? If I'm not currently partnered yeah. with parents, if I've just been in my world as I'm a specialist youth minister, I've been discipling teenagers really well. Yeah. I love teenagers, but I don't really know anything about their families. What's step number one? Uh, grab some fish and chips with them after Sunday. Uh, <laughs> you just say, hey, let's hang out. You don't have to cook anything. You don't have to entertain. You may not have a home to be able to do that in. Just organize a time where you can hear how they're going and just have that topic of discipleship on your mind. Treat those times of hanging out just as a chance to get to know each other better. But yeah, just ask them, how do you guys go about discipling your youth? What do you think good might look like in this space? How can I help you with that? How can I encourage you in that? So I would start just with the relational side of things. But even the big dessert night idea where you get all the parents together, that night doesn't have to be much prep at all. I, I delayed it and delayed it. I thought you had to have this big, you know, agenda for the night to have it really organized and schmick for the parents. But at the end of the day, I just emailed them one time and said, hey, let's meet for a, an hour during youth, um, youth group one week. I'll go buy a bunch of cakes from the shop down the road. We'll have some dessert and I'll ask two questions. I'll mm -hmm. just say, uh, what do you think good looks like for discipling our youth, both at home and in the church? Uh, and how can we help you? How can we be an encouragement and a resource to you? Just start a meeting like that. See what comes out of it. And putting that sort of time where it finishes at the same time as youth pick up, they're going to have to be there at that time anyway. Just come half hour, yeah. 45, an hour early and yeah. do some intentional relationship. That's really great. Thank you so much for that, Isaac. It's been yeah. super encouraging. I hope people are encouraged. Is your resource page up and running? Can people find that yet? Uh, no. No, <laughs> in not progress, yet? Okay. But probably in the coming weeks. <laughs> no Go have a look and keep me honest. <laughs> have, have a look at uh, the two Gabby Anglican website to see that and um, I'll try and remember to post that when it does come up so people can find those resources. Thank you so much, mate. I really appreciated the conversation. Thanks so much for having me, Tim. The Effective Ministry Podcast is a production of YouthWorks in Sydney. We want to see effective youth and children's ministry in every church. And one of the ways that you can help us do that is by letting people know about this podcast in all the usual ways, like, comment, share and review on your favorite social media and podcasting platform. If you've got comments, thoughts, or questions for this podcast, you can email us at effectiveministrypodcast at youthworks.net and also check out youthworks.net for other ways that YouthWorks can help you have an effective youth and children's ministry in your church.